Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Welcome to another episode of Spirit Katana. I am one of your three hosts, the Old Man. I'm Jade Fire. And I'm Ruby. And together we are venturing through the Word of God to sharpen our minds and souls and cut down the enemies, the spiritual forces that are against us with our Spirit Katana. Sorry, I'm in a goofy mood. Alright. I'm in a warm mood. We are going through Colossians this week. Colossians 1 through 4. So let's get started. Who has a highlight in Colossians chapter 1? Not me. Me! Of course, we can always count on Ruby to have a highlight somewhere. (laughs) Um, I highlighted verse 5. Your faith and love rise within you as you access all the treasures of your inheritance stored up in the the heavenly realm for the revelation of the true gospel is as real today as the day you first heard of our glorious hope now that you have believed in the truth of the gospel. I'm sorry, what verse was that again? Five. Five. Um... What does it mean that, where is it, that within you as you access all the treasures of your inheritance stored up in the heavenly realm, how do you access that? Like, what does it mean? Um, you know, um, so there's, mine starts off saying the faith and love that spring from the hope stored for, up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard. So like. We have hope in heaven stored up, right? Yeah. And so our faith and love springs from that. So you're kind of accessing that oh. th- that hope that is stored there, I guess. I see, I think. Okay. Your verse was very long compared to mine, I think. Yeah, it's kind of a long verse. Okay, I think I get that. Yeah. So I think that's what they're trying to... Or that's what they're basing what they put out there off of there. Okay. So... Because, yeah, we have hope stored up in heaven because we know that that's going to be great. And because of that, we can have faith in God and trust him and love and others because we know we're being loved there. We have hope in that, right? Yep. So I think that's what that's all about. Um, What do you think, Jade Bar? A blank slate, empty mind. Got it. Cool. <laughs> all right. I have highlighted verse 15. The sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Did you just highlight that because you liked it? I do like it. It's just, I don't know, it's, um, it's... It's cool because, like, he's the 
image of the invisible God, right? You cannot see God. Mm-hmm. But we have an image of him in Christ. Yep. And, like, that doesn't mean that God looks like when you look at Christ, if you couldn't see him physically, like if you were there at that time, does not mean that God looks like that. What it means is, most likely what it means is that the way Christ behaved, what he did, all that stuff, is what God is, that image of God. I feel like God looks kind of like how Jesus did. Because, like, when he made man, he made it him in his own image. So it could be what you're saying, how when, like, he made them to love, like, he does, and be graceful and stuff. But I thought, oh, and think it is actually partially of how, like, God looks. It very well could be. We don't really know. Maybe he has no form at all. Maybe he is truly invisible. I don't really know. I mean, there might be more in the Bible that would say that that's not right. But Well, how is he invisible if he walked every day in the garden? the garden with Adam and Eve because it says that he did that. Well, he off, he has taken forms before, right? We've seen in the Old Testament where he's taken on human form um, to talk to people or wrestle with um, Jacob and all that stuff, right? I see. So, maybe he has a form there too. I don't know, but and walking can be a a, like a just a kind of a description of something. Like, walking doesn't necessarily have to mean the literal act of walking. Like how the physical. we went to that seminar at church, walk through the Bible. Sure, sure. kind of like that. you're literally walking through pages of the Correct. Books. So, like, it could mean that he was just, like, hovering through, or he was the heir there. I don't really know. My, my leaning is that he is more of a form that... It's kind of like this, but it's hard to say because he was also in the clouds and the fire and all that stuff. It's true. And I don't want... So, like, maybe he is more just, like... Not... Air. Yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a sense. Now, I don't want that to be misconstrued in me saying that God is in all of us kind of thing. Like, we are all God because that's not what I'm saying. Despite the fact that we are part of the body of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it's complicated. I, you can it's so. you could easily jump too far into some some cults and religions that are out there about how we all have like we are all God and all this and in, in a way that's they're they're almost right but then they take it too far. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cuz we're not God. No. But we are a part of him and we do bear his image in some form cuz we we create things and things like that like he does, right? Love like he does. And it's possible that physically he has some kind of image like this as well. But I don't know. I see. Anyway. Um, but anyway, this is, I like the idea that we have at least an image of his character in Christ. Right? I feel like we get a lot of that, especially in the Old Testament, the part of him where he can be angry almost and frustrated with us at times, but like always graceful mm. and kind mm. and giving. I feel like and there's gentle. a lot of that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's frustrated or angry, he's yeah. gentle. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I just, it's another reference to, like, um, the Gospel of John with the with verse 16, where it's all things were created through him and for him. So Christ is, oh, he's the word of God, right? Yeah. Because the word, in the beginning was the word, the word was God, the word was with God. So, like, 
Christ is the word and the concept of him being like the spoken word almost mm-hmm. that created everything but is also created for him then I don't know it's just an interesting concept I haven't fully it's just, I like to think about it that's all mm-hmm. kind of a thought exercise like trying to think of the edge of the universe and what's beyond it I hate thinking of that cause just... <laughs> it doesn't make any sense because there's no, nothing like, beyond it <laughs> but like how God created things and like how it's eternity and I can't describe it because I don't know what I'm like thinking of. Yeah, you know what I think? What? I I think that the fact that we can't think of something that has no end like the universe that we automatically want to put a border on it and say there's something not nothing on the other side, but there can't be nothing because we can't think of that either, right? Like, when you try to think, like, if you think there's a border to the universe, what's on the other side? Nothing, right? Because there's not supposed to be anything else. Because the universe is eternity. Well, here's, okay, let me, let me, hold on, let let me, let me do this step by step. So, first of all, let's say the universe is not infinite. Let's say there's a border. This Mm -hmm. is not true, we're told that it's infinite, but let's say there's a border. So, if there's a border, that means there's something else on the other side. And... If there's something else on the other side and that has borders, then there has to be something else beyond that. And therefore, you are still in an infinite path. Because there can be no end. But let's say you finally get to an end. Or say that there is nothing on the other side of the universe. Let's say there is an end. Well, how can there be an end? What is on the other side? What makes up that edge? Nothing. Exactly. And if you try to think of nothing, the first thing I think of when I'm like, well, there's nothing there. I think of a white space. And then you were black space. Well, the universe is already black, so I think that's why I go with white. I see. Because <laughs> that's to be different, right? <laughs> but then, even that, a white space is still something. And it's impossible for us to think of a nothing, and it's impossible for us to comprehend infinity fully, right? Yeah. And I think that is awesome because I think that that points to the fact that there is something above us. God, because if we can't think of it, something has to be able to, right? There has to be some kind of control to it. So I think the fact that there is an infinite universe or that we have limits to what we can even try to comprehend proves is another piece of evidence to God. I feel like it kind of just frustrates me when I try to think of that and like how God created things, but something like... I don't know how he created, like, the solar system, why he created us, and, like, it's just very hard to comprehend. Yeah, no, I I get it. I don't understand. But having that difficulty to comprehend, I think, shows our limits and shows that there's something more powerful beyond us. I hope I either can't think of it in heaven or it's not revealed to me. Right. One or the other. Well, we'll have new bodies, so maybe our minds and brains will be more capable. Or it'll be like when you have the mind puzzles or whatever. Like, if you, you know, where you do something that... I've learned some mind puzzles, like painting the moon, and words revealed to you, and you're like, oh, that makes so much more sense. And like, you know. But when you don't know, it's frustrating. It's sure. kind of like that. Yeah. Moving on to okay. Colossians 2. Or wait, just, sorry, did you have more highlights in that, Ruby? You uh, probably did, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, All right, back to Colossians 1. Just kidding, we're not leaving yet. Colossians 24. 
124. I can even celebrate the sorrows that I have experienced on your behalf, for as I join with you in your difficulties, it helps you to discover that what lacks in your understanding of the suffering Jesus Christ experienced for his body, the church. I think it's interesting and, like, so cool that he can uh, celebrate uh, with that, like, in his sorrows, like, it can, he can still find somewhere to celebrate, and that's just, like, Jesus' spark working in him or whatever. What verse was that again? 24. Yeah, because, once again, uh, Paul's writing probably from in prison, just like the other <laughs> one, I think, too. Yeah. Or maybe he wasn't in prison. But he's obviously been in prison a few times. So. Yeah, definitely. But he still gets the word out and still keeps helping the churches, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> anything else you wanted to share from the first chapter? Nope, that's it. Okay. All right, Colossians chapter 2. This is the real moving on point. I highlighted verses... 18 and 21. 18 and 21. Ooh, I have 18 as well. I'll just start with 18 and do 21 later. Okay. Um, don't let anyone disqualify you from your prize. Don't let their pretend sincerely fool you as they deliberately lead you into their intention and intention of angel worships or angel worship for they take pleasure in pretending to be experts of something they know nothing about their reasoning is meaningless and comes only from their own opinions um i like i don't quite understand what it means like who would disqualify you or whatever like, you did something wrong and you get disqualified. It's by, like, trying to say that you aren't qualified to be giving what you're saying or your truth is not qualified because I'm saying something else. And it's like, do not let anyone who delights in false humility, like, pretending to be humble, like, I am so lowly, I'm not anything great, please do not, do not praise me. <laughs> Despite all these great things I've done, I'm not. I'm not nothing. I'm this. <laughs> He's basically, or he or um, she so is. So, do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels, because we're not supposed to be worshiping angels. <clears throat> the angels will even tell you, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't bother me. I'm just an angel." <laughs> just an angel. And if they do say, that's very humble. If, just an angel. If the angels do accept you bowing or tell you to bow, then you know that they're not on God's side. They're actually devils. Yep. Um, but so yeah, do not let any of those types of people that worship angels or have false humility disqualify you. Because they're not right. <laughs> they're not, you know, so they don't... I see. Right? Okay. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions of their unspiritual mind. They think they're super spiritual. And they talk about all the great things they've seen in their it's not some people probably could take this verse the wrong way, especially in the Passions translation. Verse 18. How so? Um, mainly just like in carnivals and stuff. Like, 
They're like, no, you did this wrong. You are disqualified. And like, they'll read this verse and be like, gotcha. Yeah. That's how like some people can take it wrong. Alright, so I also highlighted a couple verses before that, verse 16. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. And then the connecting verse between them. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. So, um, it kind of connects to the other thing. It's like, do not let them disqualify you, but also don't let them judge you. So basically, they might disqualify you because, like, well, that person's eating meat that we're not supposed to eat. Those are unclean. Do they necessarily know this? They could, because that was what it used to be. They used to be unclean. Oh, yeah. This is oh, like you have to New go... Testament. This is New oh, Testament. We're not in the Old that. Testament. <laughs> so that's where a lot of that disqualifying and judging speed comes from. Mm. Does that make more sense? Even today, me? people are still like, no, that's unclean meat. True. And, and it's fine if they choose to not eat it. When they judge you or try to disqualify you because you are not doing it, that's where the problem comes. Some people just don't eat it because they know it's kind of like an unclean thing. Like a pig is kind of an unclean animal, so mm. they don't eat pig or pork. Or bacon. And then they feel highly about themselves yeah, while trying to be humble know. because they are observing all the proper things, quote-unquote. And same with, like, Sabbath. Like, Sabbath was observed differently and now it doesn't necessarily have to now we choose to still find you know use that day of rest and everything like that yes but it's, it's still like a good thing to do sure but i mean like it's not a requirement like it's not gonna save you that's for sure yeah no joke even if you kept even if you stole and were in prison and murdered or whatever and you didn't celebrate Sabbath, but then you accepted God, he'd still love you even if you still didn't celebrate Sabbath. Yep. Alright, so you have another highlight there, Ruby? Verse 21. Okay. For example, there's strict requirements. You can't associate with that person or don't eat that or you can't touch that. Like, um, I think it's like... I'm also like, why did God put those down before? Like, why did he have those laws before? Oh, the old laws? Mm-hmm. A lot of them, well, so some of them were for health reasons, because we didn't have the same kind of process as we do now, for for one. But, like, there's just, it's healthier to refrain from certain things. Oh, like... And, like, like the laws about, like, the laws about leaving camp when you have some kind of uh, bleeding or illness or whatever... You had to be clean, so you didn't get the rest of the camp sick. Okay, well that makes sense. So that was part of it. But also, he wants clean, unblemished things, right? Mm-hmm. Now, we are blemished all the time, but that's why there was the sacrifices. To atone for those, to make us clean. A symbol of making us clean, right? We were washed of blood, blood, death had to... Something had to die because of our sin. Mm-hmm. We are the ones who deserved that, so something had to die. Right? Something. That's why there were sacrificed animals to God. To atone. And then finally, the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus, who was perfect, yes. washed us all clean. He was the one that died for all of our sins. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's why those laws existed. And then there were 
laws that were mainly just to set his people apart. It's like, well, I don't want you doing these things because that's what everybody else is doing. And I want to show that you are my people. So you do things different. Okay. And now that's... Also, a lot of the laws, which we read before... Sorry, this is another important part. I think a lot of it was in Romans. But the law existed to reveal our sin. Yes. And that we couldn't oh, keep it. We couldn't keep the law. That was Yeah. Yeah, we never were able to keep the whole law. Were we? Uh-huh. Maybe it was in Ephesians. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. Um, it was all put down. It, it's there. mentioned more than once. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, like, we aren't able to keep the law. And the, and the law showed that we were incapable of it. And now the law is fulfilled. Not abolished, necessarily, but fulfilled. And so now we are under a new covenant. A new testament. That still points to all the old stuff. Like, we're still supposed to love one another. We're still following mm, yeah. the Ten Commandments with the two... The Ten right? Commandments aren't the old law. Yeah. They're commandments, not law. Which I guess is kind of like the same thing. But, but mostly it's all filled through loving God uh-huh. and loving others. So, yeah. Okay. That's all I have for verse 2. Chapter, Chapter two. two. Chapter two. Okay. <laughs> then moving on Okey-dokey. to Colossians three. I do have highlights in this one. Well, share one. Why don't you? Ah, uh, let me. I actually have takeaways in this one. I bet you do. I bet you I can even tell you what verse has a takeaway because I bet you applies to last week. Which verse? Which verse? Three. Incorrect. What? But it says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. <laughs> yes, that's a good takeaway. Well, I was reading all week. of this in one day. That's fine. That's fine. You're not so. supposed to do it that way, but that's fine. Um, but yeah, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because we're not supposed to have idols, right? Mm. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Because we do these things, and these things exist in our world, the wrath of God is coming. Alright, well, I was wrong, so go ahead. But now, oh, you, oh, verse 8. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Mm. That is my takeaway. Gotcha. Especially, I'm guessing, focusing mostly on, like, the anger, rage, malice area. Yeah. What is slander again? Slander is speaking mean things that are, aren't true about other people. Oh, I've heard. I, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, we've talked about it on the podcast before. Okay. And... It was yeah. actually... Uh, specifically, we focused on the whole Johnny Depp trial when we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp is an actor, and he had a trial with an ex-wife of his, Amber Heard. And uh, it was focusing a lot on slander. Because it ruined... If if it's proven that one was slandering the other, it was ruining their career. And costing them money. And therefore, they could sue over it. Johnny Depp, Depp won that, right? Yeah, basically. Because, I mean... She, there was countersuits, so they were both suing. And she won something. But... That just made it a little less, but she had to pay. Arguably, the whole thing was more about the perception that the public had of these people. And in that regard, Johnny Depp probably won. And I think got some money out of it, too. <laughs> Which she probably didn't need. 
Anyway, so that's yeah, that's good uh, takeaway there, Jade Fire. Thank you. Um, let's see. Did you have something you want to share, Ruby? Um, verse fourteen. For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. Does that mean if you love people, like, actually at five year old, five years old, you're, like, mature at that age? <laughs> I don't know. I, you're, mine says, and over all these virtues, over all the virtues that have been listed and talked about, over all of these, put on love. Is that all? Which binds all of the other ones together in perfect unity. It's nothing about maturity? Nope. Okay, then it just makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, yeah, love is... Because remember, we even learned that in Corinthians, right? Uh-huh. In the end, there's... What are there? What's the three? What? At the end of First Corinthians 13, what's the three things that remain now? Of these... Uh, um, these three remain. Love, peace... Um, peace, love... What? Peace is one of them. What? Faith, hope, and love. Yeah, that makes sense. Faith, hope, and love are the three that remain, and the greatest of these is... Love. Okay, Ruby needs to go back and read Corinthians. Love? Love is the greatest. Yes! I got it! Anyway, so, love is the thing that... Because remember, how how do we fulfill the Ten Commandments? There's two commandments that fulfill all of the Ten. Oh, love yeah. God yeah. and love your neighbor. Sorry, I didn't quite no, hear you exactly, yeah. so I was just standing Yeah, so love is the most important piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. I have two more highlights in this chapter. No, we don't care. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Alright. Hey, we talked about this before. Um, I don't think we've actually ran into the verse, but we talked about this before. Maybe there was a verse. I don't know. But, verse 21, fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Yeah, we've, yeah, we we've talked ta- about yeah, yeah. yeah. We yeah. talked about that concept before, for sure. That, that was one of the things we trailed off. On my, my drop-down, it says, or parents. Nah, yes. That's funny. I mean, in general, we shouldn't do this to pretty much anybody. We shouldn't be trying to embitter them and discouraging them, but yes. It's a very important role as a father to to encourage, not discourage. Anywho, the highlight I am about to do is in 11. Oh, I have that one. Along with 9 and 10. Alright, I'm going to read the highlight, or the verse. Okay. Here, there is no gentle... Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Sixian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. I'm glad that he is in all and like. Oh, okay. It doesn't matter who you are. Uh. I meant. It doesn't matter. The table. It doesn't matter, like. If you're a Gentile or Jew, circumcised or unsized or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter where you came from, but you do need to be in Christ, right? Yes. Because it's not really in everyone. 
When it says all, probably, correct? Well, it is, but, like, people block it out and don't accept it. I don't know if that's true. The gift is offered to everyone, but he's... Not everyone has it. I feel like he's in everyone. Okay, here's the thing. If he's in everyone, and some of those pieces of him go to hell, is that possible? For Christ? No. Therefore, he cannot be in everyone. Okay. Is what my guess would be. I could be off, but that's that's my argument. I feel like, yeah, okay. All right, and then um, I am going to seventeen. Well, not yet, because I want to cover the verses right before eleven. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practice. So, so like our old self used to do things like that, but when you take off the old self, you need to put something else on. Right? Yep. And put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, there is no Gentile or Jew. See, like, he even specifies here. Not everywhere. Here. So it's when we put on that new self. That's the here we're talking about. And everybody has the option to do that. Yes, but so when it says... But it, at the end of here, the verse, here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free... But Christ is all and is in all. So in that, so it's basically saying like, here in this room, Christ is in all. Not everywhere, right? Right. That's basically what that's saying. Here, as in those that have put on the new self, took off the old self. So those that have come to trust Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's what it means. It doesn't mean everybody in the world. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. And I just like it because it's a good. Like, I highlight it just because it's good. We need to be a new creation, right? We are not the old garbage one now. And even in the end, we'll be even newer. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's your other highlight? Uh, 17. I highlighted. 17? I highlighted that, too. Okay. Uh, you can go first. Oh. Let every activity of our... Your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, and bring your constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you. Okay. Why do you highlight that? Um, I'm going to read my version quick. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Just take away. Another takeaway. I really like takeaways. Okay. <laughs> um, I think I highlighted it because, like, it's... Um, everything you do, basically, every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips, like, be drenched with God, like, basically is what it's saying. Be, like, as best as you can do it. Like, yeah. That's why I Do it all in the name of the Lord. And if you don't think you can do it in the name of the Lord, because it's not a good thing, then don't do it. Do it. Yeah. Um... Well, uh, I also highlighted verse 12, which kind of connects to 9 and 10 and 11. Um, I mean, it all connects because it's all one letter, right? But um, verse 12 too. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, 
gentleness and patience. They sound kind of familiar, don't they? No, I don't think I've ever heard that before. <laughs> but again, we're supposed to be closing that, right? We took off something, mm-hmm. and we put on something. We need to be dressed in this. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. There's good things. And, and, and it kind of relates to my takeaway from last week, too. Which is this, like, um, what are we supposed to be focused on? The pure things, the good mm-hmm. things, right? Mm-hmm. So I think this this will carry on, because that, that application will carry on, I think. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any other highlights from either of you? No. No. All right. Then let's wrap it up with a good old Colossians chapter 4. Which will have some more final greetings just like last time. I highlighted verse 1. Okay. Employers, treat your workers with equality. Equality. And justice, as you know, that you also have a Lord and Master in heaven who is watching you. (laughs) Once again, your version has tried to erase certain concepts from the Bible. This is not the first time we've run into this specific thing. Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair. Because you know that you also have a master in heaven. <laughs> but it doesn't like to use the word slaves. Slaves. It says employees. Slaves. Which is a little bit different. Employers treat your work. Yeah, no masters, no slaves. I see, I see. Just, I mean, you're not supposed to be mean to the slaves either. And slaves are still different in the Bible than they were in our country in the beginning. Yes. It's still a different thing, but it's still not quite the same as employers. It was fun. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. Um, yeah, we talked a lot about the like slaves in our age and in the past um, during um, mm-hmm. game week. Yeah, oh, cool. Yeah. What did you like about that verse? Sorry. <laughs> oh, um, I thought it was interesting how it's like treat. People, how you want to be treated, because um, if you treat them how you want to be treated, if you treat them good and fair, God's going to treat you good and fair, because, like, you're both masters of something. It's actually more, God's going to treat you good and fair no matter what. He's not going to be unfair. That's true. Because he does this, we should be doing the same to others. We love because he first loved us. That's another verse. Yeah. Because we don't, like, we experience it from God, and so therefore we have... We have the example, <laughs> and we are treated that way, so we should be extending that same kind of treatment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you have any highlights? I do. Uh, I highlighted verse 8. It's talking about Tychius. It starts in 7, I guess, technically. But I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. I just, I, I like that, like, he's, he's not only being able to send these letters, which people have to deliver, obviously, but, like, we have these willing people that are going back and forth, delivering this stuff, they're doing, they're serving, right? And that he is, um, and it's for the express purpose so that the others can know exactly what's going on with Paul and others. Yeah. And to also encourage. He's in prison, but he's sending people to go encourage them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's just good. That's cool. Yeah. 
Jake Fires, did you have a highlight? Yes. Alright, verse 10. And this is the one and only goofy highlight of this week. Alright. The verse is, My fellow prisoner, Arisictichus, sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Are you in prison? Is is the person writing this in prison right now? Yeah, Paul's in prison. He's in prison a lot when he's writing these letters. We already discussed this. Oh, right, right, right. Plus, that was just a goofy one. <laughs> that That's the only highlight. And do you remember Barnabas at all? Yeah, From, I like, acts and stuff? I love Barnabas. No. Oh, shut up. His, Barnabas is the one he had a sharp disagreement with, right? Paul did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So they went their separate ways at one point. Yeah. But obviously they the are okay still. Yeah. Because um, he also talks about making sure that you welcome him, right? And then also I find 14 somewhat interesting, not for like a theological reason, but just like historical thing. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas... <laughs> Or Demis or something send greetings. So Luke. Mine says physician, not doctor. I also highlighted that verse. Same difference. <laughs> What's a physician? A doctor. Oh, um, so. What kind of doctor? Well, not a doctor of um, like study, but anyway, Luke is the one that was ended up joining Paul. Remember? Because he wrote Acts and Luke. So this is that Luke, and he's with him at this point, right? The, or obviously around. I don't know if he's in prison with him, but he obviously was around to be able to send greetings. But Luke, because remember in Acts, he's like writing about everything going on with the first group of people, and then he focuses more on Paul, and then it, Paul becomes, Paul did this, Paul is, we went here, we did this, because he started traveling with Paul. Uh-huh. So it's just cool. confusing <laughs> when you try to memorize these chapters. I'm sure. Any other highlights from Colossians 4 from anybody? No. Um, no. Well, I was cool. going to share 14, but you already did that. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, it was just, that's cool. Yep. Well, that's cool. That's nice. So, I guess uh, that wraps up Colossians. Uh, next week, we will hopefully um, get through Ephesians. Uh, First Thessalonians, which will actually be five chapters that time. But I, think we, I think we can do five chapters next time. You think we can do five? Yay! Chapters? No, I think I can only do one. Oh, okay. So, um, and obviously for uh, those listening, we've we've run into issues with like trying to do eight chapters. It doesn't always work out right and stuff. So we're gonna try to do more, um, more just like these groupings like this. Um, Although sometimes even that takes a while, because I think we did like four chapters of Ephesians once, and it still took us like an hour. We planned on doing eight that day. But... We did. We did plan on eight. But that didn't work out. So, um, so yeah, these will be shorter, most likely from now on, although sometimes they might still get kind of lengthy, because uh, we get on tangents or have interesting discussions. Nah, nah. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, so application time. Take away... Um... I have mine pulled up already. Well, go ahead, Jadefire. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of 
the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the to God the Father through him. Mainly just, like, whatever I do, I need to, like, be, like, I mean, not 24-7, but, or, it, sh it would be good to have it 24-7. Just, like, in whatever I do, word or deed, like, I should be thinking about God, doing it for God. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if it's not something you think that God would approve of, or you feel ashamed and don't want to bring it up to God... Which he can see it anyway. <laughs> that maybe you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. I think my application was one of the verses you read, but I don't remember which one it was. I don't remember which one you said either, but I remember you saying uh, something. Yeah. Mine, that was my application. Part. Mine comes from 312. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. It might be, but that's more, it kind of ties in with my last week one with just like focusing on the pure things, right? Instead of being anxious about things. And that's getting better overall. Like there's been some stuff I was anxious about, but that's, I've been learning to just remember to trust God. God's taking care of me all the time and to focus on what is good um, and what, what I'm supposed to do about anything. And so, yeah, he, this is continue with being compassionate and kind and humble and gentle, which was yours last time. Yes. Um, and patient. And I've, I've been growing in a lot of these a lot lately, but I just, this is what I want to be trying to make sure I'm focusing on, otherwise I will lose it. Because remember, if we're not reminded of things, right, we start yeah. to stray. I think that was the one that was going to have my application as. Yeah, just being better at trying to focus on those, especially being gentle and patient, probably. Sounds good. All right. Well, then the last thing for us to do is to close out in prayer. And I believe it's Jade Fire's turn this week. Dear Lord, thanks for this time I could spend with um, Ruby and the old man. Um, thank you that we are able to... Thank you that the old man and Ruby make this time to walk through the Bible. Um... And help us have a wonderful day for the rest of the day. Amen. Amen. Amen.